Now hear the reading. Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. So ends the reading of God's word. You may be seated, please. Thanks. Isn't it good to have Mary back with us? And yay. She's not quite released to be back here, but she... Three more days, so she's kind of stepping it up here and stepping out. My goodness, look at that passage. That wasn't any fun, was it? Did you pay it? Because I'm preaching it. Great, thank you. I, I hope you read that. I hope your mind didn't wander off somewhere because this morning we're going to talk about rules. So who has some good rules? Tell me a rule. No biting. I hate that when somebody bites. Do you have that problem at home much, Dan? Don't throw things in the house, especially dirty underwear. <laughs> or if you are, make sure it lands in the dirty clothes bin. All right. And my community had no nudies in the front room. No, n- <laughs> no nudies in the front room. <laughs> you weren't talking about you and Rich, right? Oh, oh, the children. Oh, I thought maybe they made the rules, and it was, all right, just thought I'd throw that out there. I probably should just let it go. Yes, thank you. This is my conscience over here. I just forget to ask them before, before I say something. Any other rules that you've had? Yes, James. You can't bring girls anymore? Oh, you can't bring girls to a pizza party. Yeah, because you know what happens at those pizza parties. Oh, okay. Just don't bring girls anymore. Only to church, James, okay? Well, those are the ones you want to bring to church, the ones who aren't Christians. Well, Chuck's sitting next to you. That's not a girl. All right, enough of that one. I saw another hand here. Who had another rule? Yes, Diane. Always wear your helmet. Is, is that why Jeff has this dent in his head? Is that what that is? Is that where you fell? No, that's Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Any other rules? Yes. Let's say that again, Ryan. Call when you get to your friend's house. Why do you think that's a rule? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, there are lots of reasons there. One, to make sure you're safe. Amen. Two, to make sure you really are at your friend's house. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, Angie. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Hate that one. All right. <laughs> Chloe. Put the milk away. Put the milk away and, and close the refrigerator door when you do it. See, I know about those things. 
you know, rules are great. I mean, we need rules so we know how to act. There's only one problem with that. If you don't like the rule, guess what you do? You don't do the rule. And that's the problem with rules, is that they're out there, and they're out there for good, and, and we make up rules for every occasion, don't we? There's always something that there's a rule for. But if you don't like it, if you don't want to pay attention to it, you don't do it. How do you do with your car and speed limits? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Why the heck do they have it? That's, why is it 25? Nobody goes 25. Has the camera got you, Rich? True confession, the camera got me. Hate that when that happens. That takes away looking for those cars. <sighs> what a stupid rule. Why should it have been that speed when I was going a little bit? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> you know, rules are out there, and, and the problem is, is if you follow all of the rules, you don't always make it, do you? I mean, the rules are good rules generally, but following them doesn't mean that the end result is going to be good. I mean, you can eat everything beautifully, wonderfully, all the good things are. You can get eight hours, nine hours of sleep. You can drink water. You can get exercise. Guess what happens to you eventually? You still die. <laughs> and of course, some people will say, well, yeah, but you got to live longer. You know, I'm beginning to wonder, is it worth it to live longer when you have to do the things you don't want to do? Have any of you tried staying on a diet? You know the rules. You know the law. And yet, when that chocolate chip cookie is just right there. Oh. Oh. And I can only turn my back so often on those kind of things. And then all of a sudden, I say to myself, well, this one time. Sound familiar to you? You know, this morning we're talking about rules. And if you'll remember, in, in Colossae, there were these false teachers. And, and the false teachers, they, they came and visited the church, and, and they made some guarantees. And in these guarantees, they said, you know, if you observe the strict set of rules and regulations that we give you, then you'll be assured of being holy and pure and acceptable to God. Almost like church, isn't it? You know, if you just do this and this and this and this, then you'll be acceptable to God. And, you know, it seems to make sense. I mean, if we've ever given you rules from up here, I mean, they're good things. Thou shalt not do this, and thou shalt not do that, and thou shalt do this, and thou shalt do that. Good rules. And yet, the problem is, is if we don't like the rules, we still go and we sin, even though we know the rules. Is there anything you find in the Bible that you read and you say, oh, yeah, 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 and then you go and do something totally different? 
I won't ask you what those things are, okay? It was all right when we talked about speeding and eating and those kind of things, but I won't ask you about those rules that we see in God's Word, that it tells us what we should and shouldn't do. And yet, the problem is, if it's all up here that we are doing these things or not doing these things, then it is all up here that will keep us from following what we should or not following what we shouldn't. Does that make sense to you? And I don't know about you, but me, I, I, I just go up and down on those kind of things. You know, I'll look at something maybe in Scripture and says, oh yeah, that's for so-and-so, but not for me. I can handle that. It really isn't a sin. I, I really don't do it sinfully. It's okay. Do you, do you make those distinctions? Do you find yourself pretending? Do you find yourself fooling yourself? There was a story about a minister, and he told his congregation that there were 700 different sins. You know, I don't know how many there are. Maybe there are 700. And, and he reported that he got more emails that evening wanting a list of those 700 sins <laughs> because some of his congregation were wondering which ones they were missing. Does that sound like us today, maybe? You know, what are we missing out on? What can we be doing? Where's the fun that we're not finding? When we find ourselves in a legalistic setting, we find ourselves following rules because we have to, because the Bible tells us we should, because surely God has said this and we must do this. So let's go and look at these rules. Look at our passage in Colossians chapter 2. And let's see what is there for us. Look at verse 20. Because there it gives a list of things, these things. Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? And notice what's at the very end of rules there. What is that? A colon. That means we get to find out some of these rules. Look at verse 21. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, put the milk away, right? There are those rules. And sometimes we as Christians, that's what we go by. Sometimes as Christians, that's what we point out to each other. Sometimes as Christians, we'll say to our spouse, well, the Bible says, so why are you doing it? Husbands, your wife ever say that to you? Wives, do you... Husbands ever say that to you? Do not, do not, do not, do not. Or King James Version, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. You see, rules, once again, rules are good. But the problem is, they are rules that man makes. And, and we get into big trouble when we begin to rely upon the rules that man makes and not the rules that God makes. But if you go to verse 23, there's, there's an... Well, go to 22 first. Let's not skip too far ahead there. These are all destined to perish with use. You know, that's our mind thing. That as we begin to do it... And notice, as society gets further and further away from God's Word, what happens? All of a sudden, these things are okay. I was just thinking the other day, you know, with, with immorality, with, uh, 
you know, the sexual sin with having an affair. You know, you see some of these athletes and, and they have an affair and the whole world is, is just, oh, they're shocked by it. But it's all right if you're single to go do those kind of things. You see, the Bible would say it's not okay even when you're single to have that sexual immorality. And yet the world says, oh, you know, they're single, why not? But if it comes, you're married and you do that, that's terrible, that's bad. I, I, I don't know where the difference is there, that one is okay and one is not okay. Where God's word would say both of those are not okay. And yet the more the world moves that direction, the more we as Christians, even though we tend to fight it, begin to think, well, okay, you know, we got to let everybody do what they do and call it fine. You know, we got to be careful. We got to be careful to not go by the man-made laws, but to look at the laws that God makes. So look at verse 23 now. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom. Well, sure, the rules we make, yeah, they seem to be good ones. With their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body. But, how interesting this last part is. But they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. You see, we have these man-made rules and we think as long as we follow the rule, then we're okay. What this verse tends to be saying is, that doesn't make it okay. Just because you follow all of the rules, it doesn't mean what you're doing is fine. I mean, you can on the outward be following everything, but inwardly, you can be sinning. I hate that. I like it better when, when as long as nobody sees, it's okay. But that's not what God asks. And that's not what God tells us. You know, he talks about even when you see and you think it is sin. Oh. But I, I look so good to everybody. Have you seen these trees that look so majestic, but inside they're rotten? Have you seen those? And a storm come and the tree falls over because inside there's nothing there worthwhile. The outside looks good, but the inside does not. But they lack any value in restraining sexual indulgences. So, then if I understand the do's and the don'ts, still I may sin? Well, well yes, because understanding isn't the key. The action is the key. What are you doing? What are you doing inside? What, what are you doing on the outside? So let's try to make sense of this whole thing. You know, when the speed limit says it's 55, drivers know what it means. But are you like me that you think, okay, speed limit's 55. I think police officers don't give tickets until you're 10 miles over. Ron, you're shaking your head no. Ron, Ron is our police officer, kind of. <laughs> he doesn't give tickets like that. So is it five miles over? Oh. oh. That's not fair. Have you ever heard your children say that? 
It's not fair. And for the very same reason, well, it's what I decide is fair. And life is not fair. But, you know, I always assumed if I was just nine miles over, they wouldn't pull me over. It wasn't worth their time and trouble. Then I began to think and hear that maybe it's just five miles over, and that scares me a little bit. Because as long as I know what the rules are, I can adhere to them. And if I know they're not going to give tickets if it's nine miles over, but they are ten, I'm going to watch very carefully that I remain at nine miles over. But the law says it's 55. I'm still guilty. And just like this, you know, we may understand, we may even follow to a degree, but to a degree we say, I'm not following. I'm not going to do it because I don't agree with it. Or I'm not going to do it because I know he's not going to give me a ticket unless, well, I think, unless I'm so much. Or I don't see any police cars, I guess it's all right. Those cameras. <laughs> hate that. That really worries me. But isn't that what we do? <laughs> there's, a, there's a story about a, people in Pennsylvania driving down the turnpike and this state patrolman comes on to the, the turnpike and they see him come on so they all slow down. You know, I guess there had been construction there so it was still one lane but they weren't constructing and, and, you know, for about two miles here they were going the speed limit and the state patrol is right behind him and finally the state patrol gets on his microphone, his, his speaker and says... Don't worry, I am a state patrolman in Massachusetts, not Pennsylvania, so would you speed up? I mean, isn't that our kind of thinking? You know, if they're not there, we can do it, even though we know what the rule is. And maybe even we agree with the rule, but we still go and do what we want to do. We ignore the law. We find ways to bend the rules or... Maybe we just flat out break them and we say, I don't care. So, and there's four so's here I want you to get. You see, the problem with depending upon the rules to make us moral or good is this. If I want to keep a rule, I will. If I don't, I won't. That's true, isn't it? Because it's up here that we're saying, okay, what do I want? It's all about me, right? And so if I want to speed, I'll speed. And I'll play the game if I think there's some leeway. If I want to follow them, I will. If I don't, I won't. So the rules and regulations will make me only as moral as I want to be, no more no less. Let me throw a therefore in on this. Therefore, if I'm going to be more moral than I have been in the past, then I have to want to be more moral than I have been. Well, yeah, that wasn't hard to figure out, right? If we want to be different, then we have to be different. We have to want that. Is this making sense to you? Or maybe this is so elementary, you're thinking, well, come on, what are you trying to say, Pastor? But I want you to get that, that we make a decision as to what we are going to be and who we are going to be and what we are going to do. 
But the point here is that something has to change within us to make us want to be different. Look at Mark chapter 7. They'll put it up on the screen. Mark chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. For from within, okay, out of men's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, doesn't stop there, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. I hate those. Why do they have to be so specific? Look at verse 23. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. You see, this is what is on the inside. We can do all these things on the outside, but if what is on the inside is unclean, it is unclean. There's a story about an African village that, that had water that somebody had come in and done a pump and you know, all this stuff to, to give them clear, pure water. And it really helped, and yet one day they began to see it getting really murky and they beginning to get sick, and, and they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what the problem was. Finally, some UN people came in and they checked the whole system out and there was a crack in the pump. And, and this surface water was getting in, and so it was being pumped into this clear water. And it made the water bad. Well, think about us. Are we any different that way? We can be pure and clean on the inside, but if we're letting these bad things, this polluted water in, these things that are not good for us, then what comes in is what then goes out. So, the second so is this. In us, something has to change in our hearts or our deeds will always be tainted. It can't just change up here because we're human and we play games. It has to change in here. See, and, and we may be able to set down a set of rules... And yet, everybody has rules. But those rules are always will be warped by our desires. That which we want to do will always color our obedience to the rules. Amen? Something has to change inside of us. And the good news is apparently something has. If you haven't been here for this series in Colossians, let me go back a Sunday or two ago when I spoke from Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 through 15. And, and so look at this passage. Look at what has changed for those who have Christ. For in Christ, okay, not for what is in us, but for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ. Notice what has happened there. We have been given the fullness in Christ. It's not our doing. We don't have the strength, the power, the wisdom, or any of that to do that. But we have been given the fullness of Christ because of us receiving Christ in our life. Us asking Jesus to come in, who is the head over every power and authority. That's a great position, isn't it? To have the head over authority, position, and he can be in us. In him you are also circumcised in putting off of the sinful nature. Out goes the sinful nature. 
What's the problem with that? Where do we run into problems with that? What? We still live it. In fact, we kind of like it. You know, we have the power, the potential to live in Christ. Because Christ, who is all-powerful, is in us. But, so I give 50% to Jesus, and I'm 50% good. But the other 50% kind of likes to live in sin. What does that do to my life? It's a life of sin. But I'm so good, 50%. But I'm so bad, the other 50%. The potential is there. Because when we turn ourselves, our lives over to Christ, then we put off the sinful nature. We have that sinful nature clear back from Adam and Eve, don't we? We have the potential to sin, and it is our choice. We either have to choose to walk with God, or we choose to walk with the world. And yet I know, we say, but, but it's so hard. But I, I, I just can't do that all the time. No, no, no. It's not at this thing. It is this thing. It is not our head saying, okay, I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to try and I'm going to try and I'm going to... Whoa. Oh. You know, it's a heart thing. Where Jesus is the center. Where he is the whole thing. In putting off the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ. It's all right to say, Lord, I just can't do this. I need you. But it's not holding things back and saying, I need you. It's like saying, Lord, you can have everything I have, but you can't have this. And he says back to us, well, I can't have everything then that you have, can I? We play that game, don't we? We have to give it all to him. Look at verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. You see, we have that strength, we have that power that is there for us. That is exciting, but, but look at 13. This gets better. When you were dead in your sins... And in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, any of you been there, dead in your sins? You should all be shaking your head yes, because we've all been there. We all were sinners. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all were dead in our sins. And in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. God did not make you alive on your own. God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. How many sins did he forgive us? All our sins. Understand that. I don't want to hear from you the word but. But what about I don't care? I don't even want to know about the but. I want you to understand that he has made us alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins. So the question comes then. Oh, you want me to go on? Well, let's go on then. Having canceled the written code. Oh, wait a minute. 
what is the written code? Rules, laws. Canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. I like that. I no longer have laws over me. I can speed all I want. That's not what it says. What it says is I'm no longer answerable to that law. Oh, I still got to follow it. Otherwise, they take my car's picture. My car didn't look real good in that picture because it had my license plate number on it. Ugh. Wow. But he's taken those things and he's nailed it to the cross. You know, oftentimes, beginning of, of uh, Lent, we'll have Ash Wednesday, and, and one of the things that we often do is we bring this cross in, and we let people write their sins on them. Oh, that's a dirty cross. And nail it to the cross. You see, Jesus took care of that. We don't have to go to a cross with our hammer and nails. He takes those sins, and they're gone. And that's great news. Let's look at verse 15. And having disarmed the powers and authorities. I, I like that thought of disarming. You know, it, it's like taking a loaded gun and taking all the bullets out. How dangerous is that gun? Unless they throw it at you. It's not very dangerous. It's disarming it. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Amen? That's exciting. We no longer have to be held captive by the sin nature that is in us. So, here's the third so. I told you there were four of them. So, something has changed in us. This all has changed in us. Our sinful past was removed. Our hearts were filled with Christ. We have been forgiven of all our sins. We have been made alive in Jesus. And then the fourth so is so now we do not do good things because of rules and regulations, but because Christ dwells within us. Do you get that? If you're the type of person that goes around and says, okay, I have to do this because it says I have to. I got to do this because it says I have to. I have to do this because it says I have to. We tend to get stubborn, don't we? Well, I don't have to do anything. You see, if you're living that kind of life, then you're walking away from Jesus. You're walking away from letting him take over what is in you, what is you. But the change comes not when it's a here thing, not when it's just knowing what you have to do and then following it. Some of us live that life. But it's one of these things where we do it because Jesus is in us, because he's changed that nature. Remember that verse that said the nature was God, that sinful nature? Oh, we're still going to sin at times, but you don't have to fight that. You don't have to play those games. See, we are not moral or good because we have to be. We are moral and good because we want to be. And it's because our hearts belong to Jesus. 
Bill Bright tells a story, and if you heard, how many of you not heard of Bill Bright? Okay, a few of you. Bill, Bill Bright was the one who originated and was the head of Campus Crusade for Christ for lots and lots of years. He's passed away now. But, but he used to tell this story about this woman who was married to a terrible man. I mean, he abused her all the time with his words and made her feel ridiculous and stupid and she couldn't do anything right. And he gave her a list of all the things that she was supposed to do as his wife. And, and she got to the point where she just hated him. It was terrible that he would treat her that way and, and give her those kind of rules and everything. And, and he tells the story that one day this man died. And oh, she was very pleased about that because he was not a good man and her life was not good. And, and you know, he forced her to do all these things. Well, he, he writes that it wasn't too long after that that she found another person, a really good man, and she married this man. And, and she really loved him, and, and he loved her for who she was, just the way that she was. And, and it was so different for her to be able to, to love a man this way and have a man love her this way. And, and she found herself doing all kinds of things for him. And then one day, she ran across a list of the oughts that this man, the first man, had given her, the first husband. And she laughed because as she read down the oughts, she was doing everything for her second husband. But she did it because she loved him. Not because he demanded it. Because her heart was with his. And when we look at ourselves, that's kind of the way it is with Jesus. Are you doing the right life because of the rules and regulations? Or are you doing the right life because your heart is full of Jesus? My friends, you have to answer that question. To what percentage, to what degree are you sold out for God? If you're sold out for him, then you are going to do what God asks, not because there are rules or regulations, not because there are oughts and ought-nots, but because you're in love with him and you want to do those things. Having to do them versus wanting to do them. A life not filled with the Spirit, a life filled with the Spirit. You got it? Great. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you that as we come, we come knowing that there is freedom in you. Oh, we still have things that we need to be doing. Oh, we, we find ourselves just, just sometimes caught up in, I got to do this. And yet, Lord, as we grow in our walk with you, then it comes to the point where we get to do this. Help us to be getters and not godders. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If we could have the ushers come forward now to receive the offering. This is a, a new song um, called You Hold Me Now by Hillsong. And listen to the words. If you uh, want to join and you know it, go ahead and stand and, and worship with us. But uh, great words in this song.
and surrounded by your grace. All my fears are swept away in the light of your embrace. Where your love is all I need, and forever I am free. Where the streets are made of gold, in your presence healed and whole. Let the songs of heaven rise to you alone. No weeping, no hurt or pain, no suffering. You hold me now, you hold me now. No darkness, no sin. 